Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Dino Baker's returning to Syracuse football and a dramatic win for the basketball team over Indiana. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is our great friend and Syracuse football legend, Brendan Carney. Brendan, always appreciate your time. How are you today? Hey, Wes. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Uh, always love catching up uh, with you and, uh, and Syracuse football, so um, you know, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's always great to chat, and Brendan, we'll get you started on this one. Syracuse lost its last three games of the season to miss bowl eligibility for a third straight year. What did you see in the last three losses? Yeah, there seemed like there was, you know, a lot of excitement going into the into the bye week, right? So we just won two straight games against Virginia Tech and BC, and you know that put us one win away from being bowl eligible. Um, you know, we had a we had a late bye this year, so it, it almost felt like the timing of it was perfect to get a week off, you know, let the guys rest up, you know, and then come back and play, um, you know, who I thought was like just an average Louisville team, um, but. You know, unfortunately, you know, we didn't show up and, uh, you know, and the game was essentially over, you know, in the first quarter. Um, and I, and I kind of felt like that's when all hopes for, you know, a six win and a bowl game, you know, kind of went out the window. Um, you know, the other two games, I thought we were just outmatched. Um, you know, I was, I was at the NC State game and it was pretty evident there that, um, you know, they were a step above us in all phases of the game. And like, uh, you know, like the Louisville game, you know, it was pretty much over by halftime. Um, I think, you know, there might have been some complacency that, that that crept in there at the end. You know, the guys looked tired as well. You know, it was a long season for them. There seemed to be a lot of drama in and around the program all season, right? So from like the quarterback controversy, you know, through the first few games um, to then, you know, DeVito and, Taj Harris decided to leave the team, right? Two of our biggest names out there, you know, along with a, with another handful of guys leaving the team, you know, throughout the season. Um, you know, and we had some big injuries with Elmore, who, who we had high expectations for, and some other guys on the offensive line. Um, you know, and even whether to bring 44 out of retirement and give it to Tucker. Um, so there always seemed to be like there was this distraction that was kind of lingering over the team from week to week. Um, and it was a, you know, it was a stressful season, you know, if you watched all those games, right? So there was, um, 
you know, we were a player or two away from winning at least, you know, three games, right? And if, if we get some of those calls or, you know, we make some better decisions in game or, or the ball bounces our way, you know, we're looking at a seven or, or eight win team. Um, so, you know, kind of with all that, I was I was proud of the guys. You know, I thought they played really hard for each other all year. And, uh, you know, I'm hopeful. Um, I say hopeful with uh, air quotes because of the transfer portal that most of them will come back. Uh, you know, we can make this a you know a successful run at a at a bowl game next year. Brendan, the big news on Monday was that John Wildhack announced Dino Bapers is coming back as head coach in 2022 after going five and seven this year. He's been coached for six seasons now. He's only had one winning season to show for it. Do you still think he's the right guy to lead Syracuse? So unless we're specifically talking about politicians, I'm I'm a little hesitant to comment on whether someone should be fired. Um, or not, but, but lucky for us, uh, you know, yeah, the AD, you know, made the decision, uh, for everyone on Monday. Um, so, you know, he will be coming back. Um, and and I think we need to look at the, you know, the entire picture, you know, of where the program stands today. Right. So, you know, under Dino, as you mentioned, we've had, you know, winning, um, we haven't had, sorry, a winning season outside of 2018. So that's one in six seasons. Um, you know, but throughout his time, you know, I think we've seen flashes of the program turning the corner, you know, with wins against highly ranked teams. Um, you know, and, I, and I've said this in the past and still feel that turning this program around was, was really a six-year deal. Um, you know, with the culture, the facilities upgrades and recruiting, we really needed to give someone enough time to get in there and establish a new outlook for the program. Um, and, and I really believe that we're on the cusp of, of becoming a consistent um, seven, eight win team. Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I thought there were some games that, that we should have won. Um, and we were competitive enough in most of the games where I think bringing him back is probably the right move because I think he's a good recruiter. Um, and he's been able to bring in some, some good talent to the program. Um, you know, I do think it's a crucial year though for him. Um, as a lot of the schools who I always felt like you know, we were on the same level as like a Pitt or a BC or a Wake Forest or an NC State, you know, they're now a step or two above us, right? So we're not chasing the Clemsons anymore like we felt like we were after 2018. I feel like we're chasing those schools that I just mentioned. Um, you know, and we need to make huge strides next year to get back in the mix. Uh, and, you know, again, I, I and I mentioned this before too, I, I don't think you know, the expectation for this program should be 10 wins and an ACC title next year, right? I think all we need is seven, eight wins, get to a bowl game, and start establishing, you know, a winning culture. Um, and I think, you know, we have a lot of guys with game experience coming back next year. You know, we have – I'm pretty sure we have all of the offensive line back, you know, except for one guy. We have Sean Tucker and Elmore back. I think the defense under Tony White should be fine next year. I don't – I have too many concerns there. They've been solid for us for the most part. So I think we have some big pieces, you know, in place that should give us an opportunity to have a, you know, a good season in, in 2022. Now, one guy who won't be back is offensive coordinator Sterling Gilbert. He changed the offensive scheme to a ground and pound, but Syracuse really still struggled to score, especially late in the year. What do you think of the move and what should Syracuse be looking for in its new offensive coordinator? Yeah, so that's going to be one of the, you know, big improvements that Dino needs to, um, you know, to really correct for next year. Um, you know, I think, as you mentioned, we went with the with the run game this year, and, and it was, you know, highly successful. Um, 
I think, you know, he was up for all the awards. Um, I think going into the next year, he'll be up, his name will be up for all those awards as well, uh, even as the potential Heisman candidate. So I think we need to bring in a guy that's, um, you know, the most important part is that, that can help develop Garrett Schrader in his passing game. I think his passing game is, was, you know, it was just average. Um, I, I think he's got a, a pretty good arm. I thought it was better, but um, we need to bring in essentially a quarterback guru that, like, you know, can really develop him in the spring and, um, you know, get things going for those guys in summer camp. Um, you know, my concern is that we're going to get to the beginning of the season and and, uh, and Dino might say, hey, we need a few games to figure this out. And this thing needs to happen, like, immediately. So, um I think we've, you know, we had guys like uh, Jackson and Alford that uh, were playmakers on the outside. I think we need to get an offensive coordinator that um, likes to utilize the tight end. I don't know why we haven't used, utilized those guys in the last few years, but, um, you know, if those guys can be, you know, if we can get a guy that's uh, focused on that, those guys can become weapons for us because uh, I believe our two tight ends, Benson and and. Lang or Mang, I forget his last name, but uh, are, are young guys and they'll be around for a few more years. So he really needs to, uh, you know, there's a couple things he needs to improve on, but this is the biggest. He needs to hit the home run on, on the on an offensive coordinator. Um, so I'd love to see him go after a guy like Dave Cutcliffe, who, who just left Duke, who's known to, you know, um, really work well with quarterbacks and developing, developing those guys. Um, and also putting out like you know a pretty good offensive scheme as well. So if you can get a guy like that, you know I, I think we've got a really good chance to to you know to, to keep this momentum of like with the running game going and and uh, you know just increasing it with uh, with having a you know a, a, a pretty good uh, passing game as well. Brendan, you were a three-time All Big East punter, and I think over time we've gotten used to Syracuse having great punters, be it you or Sterling Hoffrichter or Riley Dixon. Prior to the season, we were talking about James Williams being that next great punter, but he appeared to be injured throughout the year, and we saw a lot of walk-on Ian Hawkins. If you had to give James some advice as a former Syracuse great, what would you tell him? Yeah, it seemed like he, he you know, he definitely struggled a bit based off of what was expected of him this year, and um, you know, I couldn't figure it out, you know early on in the season, if he was injured at some point or if Dino was like intentionally running this two punter system, like he was, you know, at the quarterback position for the first few games, um, you know, so if, if he was injured, um, you know, he just needs to heal up and get kind of get back to the basics in the spring and keep working on his craft. Um, punters are and kickers are like golfers, right? So they just need to constantly analyze their swing and tweak it to where they see fit. Um, but I've seen him hit some good punts. You know, so he has the talent. He just needs to work on the mental part and kind of learn how to apply that when he when he's punting during the game. Um, you know, it's something something he can do. He just needs to work on it, and and it should also help him when Dino brings in a special teams coordinator to the to run the group. Uh, someone you know with experience um, who can you know be another set of eyes looking at his mechanics and you know helping him out from that perspective. Um, but you know, you mentioned that that other guy they have up there, Hawkins. Um, who I thought punted, I saw him in NC State. I, I thought he punted really well for them. So, um, you know, it should make for a good competition in the spring and summer. And, you know, well, uh, hopefully, you know, whoever wins the job will, you know, will become a weapon for the team like that position has been, uh, you know, in the past. Brendan, thanks again for coming back on the program. Again, our great friend and Syracuse football legend, Brendan Carney. Brendan, always appreciate the time and analysis, and we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks, Wes. Go Orange. 
Brendan Carney is certainly one of our favorites here on the program, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse Athletics Director John Wildhack announcing in a press conference on Monday that Dino Bapers will return for his seventh season as head coach. What were your thoughts on the press conference? I had a couple thoughts about that, Wes. And first of all, I, I, you know, I love John Wildhack. I think he's done a great job as athletic director at Syracuse. He, he's all Syracuse Arch. He, as an alum, he always has the best interest in the athletic department at heart. That being said, there were a couple of moments that I was really disappointed in that press conference Monday announcing Dino Baber's return. Now, I'm not disappointed Dino is coming back. I think there's a lot to be said for consistency in any head coaching position of a program. So I am for Dino Babers coming back because there was marked improvement coming off the COVID season, just one victory in 2020, just falling short of making a bowl game in 2021. That being said, one of the uh, answers I did not really uh, think was a glowing moment when he kind of just talked about buyouts being what's business as usual in 2021 college football. I don't think he should have been as dismissive about the money and the financial implications about buying Dino Babers out if that was the direction they want to go because that's significant. And it's certainly significant for a school like Syracuse, a private university that really depends on fundraising and donors to make things happen. So I don't think it's just as easy as saying that wasn't going to be an issue. If we wanted to buy him out, we would have bought him out. I think there would have been a lot more into that aspect of it. And talking about bringing on other assistant coaches now that they've made these changes. Well, that's not going to be easy as it appears because many other programs are looking to still hire head coaches and many other head coaches are still looking to fill out their staffs. There's going to be a lot of competition for good quality assistant coaches and Syracuse is going to be in that mix. So that's certainly not going to be easy as it may sound. The other element was the portal and making sure that works to Syracuse's benefit and replacing positions in which they lose players to graduation, replacing positions to where Syracuse loses players who decide to transfer and enter the portal. That also is not easy because there's a lot of competition now in the name, likeness, and image era that we're in to attract good quality players and present to them not only how they're going to contribute as an athlete on the football team, but how the university is going to assist them academically in making their career and, and what they major in and getting their undergraduate and or graduate degrees and molding themselves into having a career professionally. And also, of course, the name, likeness, and image itself. It's going to be really important as players coming out of high school now with the newfound uh, uh, ability to make money off their name, likeness, and image are going to really look carefully at what schools offer, what opportunities there are for endorsements, and other things of that nature uh, moving forward. So those were my initial thoughts. Uh, it, it sounds great, great to have Dino Babers coming back, but some of the answers to the questions, you know, John Wilack's been in front of a cam camera once or two, right, working for ESPN, but those were some of my comments from uh, the post-press conference. 
Bradlett shift to Syracuse basketball after going 1-2 and two in the battle for Atlantis. The Orange showed what they're capable of taking down 6-0 and Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge on Tuesday evening. Syracuse jumped out to an early lead but had to rally in double overtime to come away with the win. Brad, what were your thoughts on the game? So far, Wes, in the seven games of this season, we've seen the extremes. We've seen what Syracuse is going to still go through the rest of the way from having difficulties against certain matchups against teams to seeing what they're going to be able to excel against in the opposition. We've seen all the extremes so far. That's been a really interesting sign to me is that it's going to be, again, we've talked about it in the preseason. How well does this team play defense? Like anyone else, they're going to have their nights where they're not hitting three-pointers. They're not getting a high field goal percentage. They're going to struggle to score. But it's really going to come down to more nights where are they going to keep the opposition from scoring? That, to me, again, remains the whole key to the upcoming season. There's enough offense out there in the starting five especially with the emergence of Jesse Edwards in the middle. The games that Cole Swider is on offensively. We know what we're going to get out of the Bayheim brothers. We know we're going to get out of Joe Girard. It's all going to come down to defense, Wes, and Syracuse had just enough to eke out the double overtime win against Indiana. And Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Speaking of basketball, Wes, you know, there's already been a season record set. I haven't checked it officially. But Jimmy Beheim has scored the first basket in five of the six games for Syracuse uh, already to begin the season. So that's got to be some sort of record, right? I mean, how often does the same player score the first basket in a game for Syracuse? I thought that's very interesting uh, development for Jimmy Beheim and really shows the spark and how at the beginning of a game, he's looking to score immediately. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Syracuse football defensive back Adrian Cole, who announced on Wednesday that he's placing his name in the transfer portal. Cole was a key reserve in the secondary in his three years at Syracuse, finishing with 27 tackles and three pass breakups. But what's even more impressive that he said on Twitter that he already graduated and will have three years of eligibility remaining as a graduate transfer. There are student athletes and then there are student athletes, and Cole is certainly the latter. Best of luck to him as he finds a new football home. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I like video games, but they're really violent. I like to play a video game where you can help the people who are shot in all the other games. It would be called Really Busy Hospital. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.